darkness tries to roll over my bones and sorrow comes to steal the joy I am and brokenness and pain is all I know no I won't be shaken no I won't be shaken my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. She no longer has a place to hide. I am not a captive to the night. Oh, I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. No, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when. Grace that's mine today. 
Jesus Christ has won. So I can face tomorrow. Tomorrow's in your hands. All I need you will perform, just like you always have. I'm fighting a battle. You've already won. No matter what comes my way, I will overcome. Don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've
thank you that you are always there, there with us through the battles through the trials God that you are always by our side we thank you Lord for uh, your people that are here today God we just lift them up to you God we pray for your word to go forth we pray for brother Darrell Lord as he uh, gives that word to us we pray for those that are watching online we pray for those that are at home Lord and uh, just for all the things that they're going through we just lift them up to you God, we thank you so much that you've already won. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. You're hidden Oh, name it is the name. 
Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the burst of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are Good morning to you again in your Bibles, book of Matthew, chapter 5, 38 through 48. Matt, I'm going to change the order a little bit after this screen. Let's put, uh, give me a minute, but let's put the uh, list of six words before we do the text. Okay, uh, Matthew 5, 38 through 48, uh, we're going, going through the book of Matthew, we're at the Sermon on the Mount, this particular chapter, we, uh, it's entitled, uh, the title page, The Impossible, and God doing the impossible through us. Sometimes when we read the Sermon on the Mount, especially this particular part, we read it and we dismiss it so easily, so quickly, because frankly, it's impossible. He just asked, Jesus talked to us about things that seemed to us impossible, and so we don't even try. But I do want to make sure that we all understand, well, uh, we ought to try, but it's not going to happen because of our effort. The Holy Spirit's got to be working in us 
but we don't even start down that road because, you know, it just seems impossible, some of the things that he asks us to do. If being a disciple of Jesus was easy, everybody would be doing it, but everybody's not doing it. And if the Holy Spirit, you living in such a way, the Holy Spirit working through you was easy, everybody would be doing it. So uh, the next screen is, and this, there is an outline on the back side of your announcements if you like to use that. Um, before we read the text, these are six things that Jesus talks about in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to cover, we're down to the last two. So we've done m murder, adultery, divorce, oaths, and now we're down to retaliation and love. And I'm, they're so, retaliation and love are so tied together that I'm just going to do them both at the same time. Okay, to your text. Do this for me. Uh, as we read this, read it slowly. I'm not going to read too fast. Read it slowly. Read it carefully. What I did, I don't know how many times I've read this text and heard it, preached and talked about it in, in Sunday school. I try to read it, well, I don't know if I'd say like I read it the first time, but I read it with an open mind, kind of like I would read it for the first time. How does it strike me? Uh, what's it saying to me? I did it, I read it in a way from a standpoint of I'm not reading it to stand up here and preach it. Just how does it sound to me? How does it affect me? When Jesus spoke these words to his disciples set on the on the mount there uh, above the lake, he wasn't telling this to them so they go out and preach it necessarily. It's just, this is what I want to tell you, Jesus has said to them and saying to us, to change your life. I'm here to change your life and not just a little bit. So read it in that way if you can. Just uh, what's it say to you? Okay, here we go. Retaliation and love, 38 through 48. Jesus speaking to his disciples uh, on the mount. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father. This is important, that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet your brother only, what 
do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect or mature, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Okay. What I'm not going to do, if, uh, hopefully you can see this if you're looking at your outline, what I'm not going to do is take each one of those and say, okay, this is how you do it, this is how you do it. Um, I, I'm, I'm, that's just not how it struck me. I'm not going to go by. This is not, I don't believe, an exhaustive list. This is not Jesus giving this list of things for us to do. So now, if you do the, if you really work at it, if you really work at it hard, if you get those things down, then that's what it takes to be mature. I, I get that, but that's not an exhaustive list because there's so many more things that the Holy Spirit, that the Lord would have us do, you know, that's not necessarily on the list. This list is just kind of like, okay, here's some examples of things that are impossible, but I want you to change so much on the inside that you'll actually be able to start doing some of these things, okay? I wrote this down on my notes. They're not on yours. These are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. People who slap you, people who sue you, people who ask of you, people who curse you, people who hate you, and people who use you. And you turn around and do good to them and love them. Okay, when I read this, how did it strike me? It struck me, I, maybe I'm going to be the only one in the room. I, I hate when I'm that, that way, the only one in the room. But when I read this and, and what I'm supposed to do when people slap me, sue me, ask of me, curse me, hate me, and use me, and I turn around and do, well, I don't even want to. That's how it struck me. When, when Jesus told me to be this way, I don't even want to. My nature uh, we're all different, but yet we're not. And so that's how it struck me when I, you know, Jesus, I don't even want to do what you're saying, but I know you're saying it and I know I need to do it. Somebody slaps me on the cheek. I don't want to turn the other cheek. If somebody sues me, I don't want to say, Hey, that's okay. You know, if you curse, if you cuss me out, I, hey, all right, you know, I, I don't even like that. I don't want that, and that's how it struck me. Okay, okay, looking at your outline. I want you to notice, I'm going to go back and read again. We don't have to put it on the, on the screen, but I ask you to catch it. Uh, verse 45, Jesus said, I, I, I want you to respond in this way. I want you to respond in love. I want you to turn the other cheek and that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. There's that. And then 48, therefore you'll be perfect or mature, just like your Father. I want you to be like your Father. I want you to be like God. This is how God would respond. So the next screen, you know, it's on your outline too. Live as you were created to be. I think we're, I think it's up there. No, it's not. No, no, the other, the next one. Matt, do I have to come back there? And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. I don't, uh, Matt said, go ahead. I said, I have no idea what you're doing back there. If you're looking at your outline, live as you were created to be, like Jesus. 
okay? He did not, there you go, live as you were created to be, like Jesus. Jesus said, I want you to respond in this way, because this is how God would. How do you know that's how God would? Isn't it, isn't it interesting when you read the list of all these things that, that ugly people do to you, and then you compare that to the life of Jesus, didn't he almost fulfill all of those? He almost to the T fulfilled all of those. People did that stuff to him. And he didn't reply in kind. He didn't slap back. He didn't even talk back. What was it when, when he was standing before, standing before Herod? He would talk to Pilate, but he never said a word to Herod. I'm not really sure why. But Herod could do, you know, Jesus didn't have to stand there and take that. That's the interesting, interesting is a bad word. It's, it's the wrong word. It's much more than that. But it's interesting. You see Jesus on the cross. You see them whipping him and tor torturing him, the crown of thorns, pulling out the beard, and they're doing all that to God. And God stands there or kneels there and takes it. That's, that's more than interesting. It's impossible. It's amazing. You see, sometimes people do things to us and we have to take it. He didn't have to take it, but he did. And so he fulfilled just about almost everything that he said there, here. And the ministry in Jesus' life is just getting started. And he doesn't say this to him, but in his mind, I know he's thinking it. I'm going to have to go through almost everything I'm saying. And I'm going to have to do almost everything that I'm asking my disciples to do. Live as you were created. Jesus said, I want you to learn. I want to change you so much that you start acting like me. I want you to be like God. This whole, this whole message is not about, it's not about at all, really the people who are doing all these ugly things. I'm just going to tell you right now, because I probably at the end I'll forget to come back to it, so I'm going to just do it right, right now. This whole thing that Jesus said, it doesn't have anything to do. Listen, listen right here. Everything that Jesus said has nothing to do with changing the people who are being ugly to us. It has nothing to do with changing the people who or who slap us, or sue us, or ask of us, or curse us, or hate us, or use us. This what Jesus had nothing to do with changing them at all. It has to do with changing me, changing us. And say, well, you know, if, if, if people were easier to get along with, they have never been, they never will be. If people were kinder, they've nev they never have been, they never will be. If people were nicer, they never have been, they never will be. This is what is. This is what always has been and what always will be. People around us, so to speak, and who, who knows if they're going to change? I was going to say they're, they're not going to change. I don't know that, but that's kind of the point. I don't know that. I don't know who's going to change. I don't know who's going to be like Jesus or not. It's about, but it's not about them. It's about me. It's about me. 
Living, live as you were created to be, like Jesus. So sometimes we answer back to people. Sometimes we hit back. Sometimes we reply back, and that's really not who we are. They make us mad. They, they get us on the wrong day. You know. Have you ever said something? I, I, I know I, I can't be the only one in the room on this, on this one. You ever, say, you ever said something and it, you just blurt it out and say, oh, man, I didn't mean to say that. Somebody, somebody came to church one time. I was not expecting them at all. I met them back there in the entry. I'll never forget this. They walked in the door, and I said, what are you doing here? And they said, do you greet all your visitors like that? I said, no, just you. And we were friends, and that, that got me off the hook. But I thought, what, you know, why did you say that? Because it just blurts out. Now, that's humorous. I'm trying to lighten the mood a little bit because a lot of this is not light at all. Live as you were created to be, not the way you're acting now. Have you ever, the way you talk, the way you act, the way you think, has it, does it ever enter your mind? That's not, that's not who God created me to be. I'm, I'm acting in a way that I know God didn't make me like that. I'm, I'm talking in a way that I know God didn't make me like that. It is. The perfect example is the prodigal son He's wasted it all. He's feeding hogs. He's slopping the pigs. And he is so hungry that he would eat the pig slop if he could, but the, the owner of the pigs won't let him. That's pretty tough when you're working for somebody that won't even let you eat with the pigs. But he would love to eat the stuff he's slopping the hogs with. The owner won't let him. And one day he's slopping the hogs, and it comes to his mind, man, that looks good. And then came to his mind what? The Bible says it this way. Then he came to himself. Then he came to himself. What made him come to himself? When he looked at the pig slop and thought, this looks good. Then he thought, you know, <laughs> that is not who my father created me to be. I have not been created to eat pig slop. I have not been created to act like a pig. I have not been created to waller around in this. I have not been created to talk like I'm, like I'm talking. I have not been created to act like I'm acting. I have not been created to think like I'm thinking. God didn't create me for that. You ever felt that way? Jesus wants you to feel that, that way. Live as you were created to be. Romans 8, 29, your destiny, you are destined to be conformed into the image of Jesus. That's why God made you, to be conformed into the image of Jesus. I love my wife. I was not made for her. I love my my children, I was not made for them. I love you. I was not made for this church. I was made for Jesus. I was made for Jesus. Okay, act like it. Talk like it. Think like it. Okay? I probably have beat that horse long enough. Let's go on to number two. 
First one is, it doesn't have anything to do with changing the other people. It has to do with changing me. So, love. Jesus, just, that's what he says. You've got, you've got to learn to love. Love makes us do the craziest things and helps us do the most impossible things. Ministry is outward. I'm thinking about how who my father is. I'm thinking about who God is. My father is. I'm thinking about being like him. Then I'm thinking about how I respond to the people who are ugly to me, who cheat me, who slap me, who sue me, and how I respond to them. So I'm thinking upward and outward. The ministry God's given to me and you is outward. It's not inward. It's the, the point is not what they have done to me. The point is how I respond to that. I'm looking upward and I'm looking outward. It's not what they have done to me. It's what God wants me to do about it and how can I please the Lord, how can I be more like him, and how can I help them. You can't do that without love. It makes us do the craziest thing. So the ministry is outward. The change is inward. Okay. Trying, just, okay, I'm going to try real hard. That ain't going to do it. Because you're going to try real hard, but people are so bad, you're, they're badder, then you're trying to be good. And if you don't believe that, just get out there and try it. They're worse. This world we're living in worse than, is worse than you think it is. All right? You get out there in it, it's worse than you think it is. And the harder you try, well, it, the, the harder I try, I want to make everybody else. No, you're not. It's to change me. And then the world around me might begin to change, might not, but it's about changing me on the end. The ministry is outward. God first, how can I reach them? What can I do for, for them? Might help them, it might not, but I want to try. But the change is inward. The change is never in anything Jesus said. The change is never about them. It's about you. Let me give you an example, a greatly misused verse. Luke chapter 10, uh, the first part of Luke chapter 10. It's that verse that I used for years as a pastor, thinking this will work if I just pray this verse. It's that verse where Jesus says, Look out on the fields, they're white unto harvest. Pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his field. Y'all have heard that verse. Some of you have heard that verse your whole life. Look out at the harvest. It's white. It's ready to harvest. Look out there and pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into the field. Okay, for years I took that to mean that we need people to work 
We need people to help. We need people to get out there and do things. We need people. And so the, I thought the instruction from that was pray the Lord of the harvest. So if I pray, God will send workers into the field. It never worked. It never worked. Well, if I, you know, take that verse and do all the things that other preachers say you're supposed to do, pray it in the right way, pray it in faith, pray it in your sleep, pray it when you're awake, pray it when you eat, pray it when you sleep, pray it, pray it, pray it, pray it. You know, just pray. I just need to pray more. I need to have more faith. Pray the Lord, the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the field, that if I pray that other people will come and start wanting to help. They'll start wanting to work. They'll start, you know, it never worked because it never has worked because it never will work because that's not what it means. So I went back, I thought, all this praying is not doing any good. God's not sending other people alongside of us because I'm praying this. God's not sending other people alongside of us to help because that's not what the verse means. So I went back and read the whole story again. And in Luke chapter, the first part of Luke chapter 10, Jesus appoints 70 people to go out from town to town, two by two. You go to this town, you go to that town, so apparently 35 towns, two to a town. So he appoints 70 people to go out. You go out. And then he says, as he's, as they're, as, as he's appointed them. Now, he hasn't said go yet. So he's appointed them, and he's talking to them about what they need. And he says to them, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his field. Then the next verse says, now go. Who are they praying about? Them. Them. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the field. When I pray that prayer, who's the laborer? Me. Me. That verse is about changing me, not you. Now, what God does with you, that, that's, a, that's up to him. How, how you respond to the, the Holy Spirit working in you and around you, that's up, that's up to him. I, I don't have anything to do with that. That verse is about me. I'm the laborer. And then the instruction from Jesus is, go. Go. You pray about it. I'm sending you. You're going to need to. <laughs> why would people going out two by two to different towns, why would they need to pray about it? I guarantee you, when you go to some of those towns, you're going to need it. You're going to need it. This is very much like last week when I told you that there's just very few verses in the Bible about praying for people who are lost. Very few. I don't know if any of you took the challenge to look that up. There are very few verses in the Bible about praying for people who are lost. There's verse after verse after verse about, pray, about people who are trying to reach the lost, praying for themselves and asking other people to pray for them. I need prayer. I need prayer. When I'm dealing with someone who's lost, who, who needs prayer most? Is it the person who's lost or me? I, I don't know, but I know that I do. I know that I do. This isn't about this whole message 
has not been about changing those people who slap you, sue you, ask you. It's about changing you. See, we think, oh, everything would be so much better if people would just stop slapping. Everything's going to be so much better if people would just stop suing or stop asking or stop using. If everybody just stopped cussing, you know, every, okay, is that going to happen? No, in fact, the Bible says it's that, that uh, evil men and seducers, evil men and seducers are going to get what? Worse and worse. There's this weird uh, anti-Christian thought that this world's going to get better. I'm not seeing it, but I don't want to follow the world. And the world's going to do what the world's going to do. This is about changing me. Okay, about changing me. So we're going to do what we've done almost every time on all of these words. This isn't on your outline, but in you have your Bible. We're going to read again verse 23 and 24. We kind of went back to this every time. So we're examining ourselves. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're getting ready to pray. Is there anybody in your past, is there any relationship that needs to be fixed? And listen, I have no idea what the other... Uh, obviously, there's, there's another person involved. If you have a relationship in your past that, that needs to be fixed, it's just not right, needs to be fixed. So there's another person involved. I have no idea what they're going to do. I don't know they're going to accept it. I don't know they're going to change. They may wind up just as mad at you or upset with you or disappointed or bitter or whatever as they ever were. This is, there's no promise whatsoever that everything's just going to be great because you do this. The promise is to you. You have to make it right with the other person, with God, and with you. So, is there anybody, something in the past, something, there's unforgiveness, there's bitterness, there's anger, there's cross words were said and it needs to be made right what I'm going to ask you to do is make a decision right now to do that this afternoon or this week make a decision right now that the Holy Spirit speaking to you that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that person this afternoon or this week I would recommend and this is not Bible doesn't say anything about it I would recommend not doing it by text. Okay, I'm so old school that I just, I just think it probably better to talk to them. Okay, is there anybody that you need to talk to? I'm going to ask you to do it this afternoon or this week. Now, there's that. The rest of the thing that we have to pray for is Lord I 
do need to change the way I talk. I do need to change the way I act. I do need to change the way I think. Uh, I wish everybody in school was nicer. I wish everybody in school accepted me more. I wish everybody at work was easier to get along with. I wish my home was better. I, I, I wish all those things, and I want to try to make all those things happen, but I don't know that they will. But, Lord, I know that I need to change. You need to change me me the change must begin with me so that's our prayer either praying about someone that we need to go talk to make things right or the other thing is just simply me lord i need to change that's pretty tough a lot of people don't want to admit and don't want to come and don't you know I, I don't want to admit that I've got some things in my life that I need to change, but I'm going to tell you, I do have some things in my life that need to change. I need to be down there praying. I'm going to be down there praying first, okay? I need to change. The Lord needs to change some things in me, okay? It isn't you that he needs to change in my life. It's me. Okay, I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're going to get ready to pray. I'm going to ask the congregation to stand, if you will. Let's ask you to bow your head just one more time, just making sure the Holy Spirit has his chance to work and move. Just let the Holy Spirit have his chance. Let the Holy Spirit have his time. We're not in any rush. Is there somebody that I need to go talk to? I don't even want to, but I need to. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me. I need to do this. I don't know how they're going to respond. It's not about that. It's about you. It's about me. And... Lord, what are the, some things in my life that I need to change? What specifically do I need to just get out of my heart, get out of my life? And what specifically are some things that I need to add to my heart? I can't just love. I need you to give me that love. I can't do this on my own. God, I need you to do it through me. If you want to come to an altar and pray about somebody else, Pray about yourself while the band sings and plays. We invite you to come and pray. Mind if I tell you a secret, a few simple truths about me might be hard to believe. Guess I'm trying to come clean Sometimes I don't know where I'm going It's hard to admit where I've been When I come to the end of myself This is where I begin Again I 